It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. Sports by the Book is the show. South Point Studio is the site. Happy to be with you as always. I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is here as well. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm very excited about the show. I'm probably not as excited as Frank will be for his show tomorrow, but... I'm looking forward to this one. Well, got a as, lot long, of- as long as Ryan McCormick is not seething still, the tomorrow show will still be good. <laughs> uh, even even if he is, it actually might even be better if he's still seething. Uh, somehow, showing Donnie over to the second and bad today, just been unbelievable. Uh, did you see the one at Wall Scraper? No, Wall I scraper didn't. Barely got out the left center. No, I tried to way. find it on my TV, but yeah, yeah. I didn't have it. No, well, it's impossible to find Dodger games here because of mm-hmm. baseball rules are stupid. Uh, for the uh, local blackouts and such. Uh, we will uh, get another book's perspective today. John Murray of the Westgate will join us about ha- at half past the hour, get their perspective on some future books and some more with John uh, when we when he comes in in a half hour. But as always, let's uh, get to some college hoops. Ready yeah, to roll? We've got a good card. I'm ready. I don't think you mean Georgetown and Villanova right off the top, right? <laughs> Right off the top. <laughs> right off the Starting top. Starting in 30 minutes. Cats, 15 and a half in this one against Georgetown, 140 to total. A uh, little bit of a market variation on this one on the total. As low as 139 and a half, as high as 141. So market variation on that total. Georgetown, hey, they won their last time out. They beat DePaul in the game of the century, which <laughs> actually pretty good, actually, shockingly enough. Uh, Villanova, good first half against UConn, got blasted in the second half in Hartford by to me, still the best team in the country, the Huskies. I, I didn't do anything here, Alex. The only interesting thing would be the total's interesting and the market differential is interesting to me as well, where we know Georgetown's horrible on both sides of the ball. We've talked about this on the show. Villanova's defense is top 20, and they play slow. I'm a little surprised we're seeing that total get bumped to 141 at a respected shop here in town. Uh, I think if you can get a higher number, I think I would lean to the under here just because I don't think Georgetown's going to score. And Villanova doesn't strike me as a team that's going to put 90 on Georgetown. Ironically, this is the exact topic I wanted to bring up with you because oh, yeah. I was leaning a little bit more towards the over. Uh-oh. But I was going to ask you if we think we could get 60 to 65 from Georgetown here, but you mentioned it. I mean, it is tough to play this over because Villanova third or fourth best defense in the big East, which is saying a lot here, but they have been scoring very well. And I think we could count on them putting up 75 to 80, but that would mean we need a lot of help from Georgetown here. So I haven't done anything with it yet, but I agree. It is interesting that we have those, um, that range out there in the market, different opinions here. Yeah. I I just higher number go under. Uh, at least for me, that would be the only way I would play this. I don't want to take the points with Georgetown, just not interested, especially on the road uh, in this one, Alex. It's been all Nova. Um, 6-0 and in their last six meetings and 9-1 and in their last 10 meetings. So it's been a while since Georgetown has beat Villanova. I think it was 2021, but only one time in the last 10 meetings. So it's a big number to lay here for them, for Villanova, though. So I wouldn't suggest that either. It's been a common trend uh, for the Big East team since JT3 got a uh, guy fired. Uh, Patrick Ewing came in, was an absolute disaster in D.C. And now uh, picking up the pieces, probably going to take another two years for Ed Cooley to fully get things going again. Uh, Georgetown, hey, just remember, they were in the Final Four uh, less than 15 years ago. 
Of course, they were in the Final Four when they lost to Greg Oden and Mike Connolly of Ohio State. Going back in the time machine well, on that one. Florida's <laughs> second title in a row back in the mid-2000s. All right, I want to go to the A-10 real quick, Alex. Uh, Dayton and Davidson. Now, maybe thinking, why are we going there? Dayton is a legitimate top six seed in the NCAA tournament. One of the top 25 teams in the country to rank 21st. Uh, as we know, sometimes, though, the AP poll uh, doesn't match reality <laughs> every once in a while. The only reason I'm bringing this one up is we it's a double-digit line with a pretty low total, all things considered. Ten and a half, 132 and a half. We have seen this with Dayton this year because you look at the way that they have played. It is defense. It is defense and slow tempo. They have been more efficient on offense than defensively this year, though, Alex. But tempo, 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 352 on that tempo. They are slow. Yeah. And even though this is, you usually think, hey, it's a 132 and a half. I got to take double digit points. This will be one of those bonk weirdo uh, correlation games where it might be actually, hey, <laughs> favorite and under here and dog and over in this one if you're looking at that direction. This was an immediate pass for me. I think the number is right, both on the side and the total here. I I don't know, Jeff. I mean, 10 and a half with Dayton. Of course, they're 13 and 0 straight up at home, but just 5 and 8 against the spread. So that kind of had me stay away from them on that side. Davidson on the other side, 6 and 7 straight up on the road, but they covered in nine of those games. So it was tough. I. I agree with you. Dayton is a legit top 25 team, and you could see it here in the ranking end on Ken Palm. But, yeah, I thought both numbers were just fine in this one. Staying in the A-10, I do have a bet on this next game. Loyola, who has been playing some awesome basketball of late, they travel to central New York to take on St. Bonaventure tonight. It's been an impressive run since uh, a little over a month ago. uh, The Ramblers lost in Richmond against the Rams of VCU. Since then, they haven't lost. They've won seven straight. Now, I want to be a little bit tepid about this run, though, from Loyola, because here's who they've beaten in this run. 206 in Ken Palm, St. Louis. 103 in Ken Palm, Davidson, both those games at home. The road wins have come against the George Mason, who they have swept in this mix. They're 98. That's the best team they've beaten in this run. St. Joe's, 114. GW, 219. Rhode Island, 194. I've mentioned a half a good team in that stretch. I, again, I'm not saying that this is a, it isn't a good basketball team. They're playing very well. But you have to look at who they're beating if we're going to start overrating a team. And the market has banged the Ramblers today. This was four and a half on the overnight, down to three now. St. Bonaventure did it get a really nice win at Amherst on Saturday against a good UMass team. I think this number is too short. I like the Bonnies very happily lay three at home against Loyola in this game. And, and again, the Bonnies are also rated higher in Kenpom. Still the better basketball team when you go to whole body of work against Loyola. I like the number at four and a half. I thought that was the right number. So I do see a little bit of value here laying just three. I have to do I have to bring up Loyola not only winning their last seven, but they did cover in all seven of those. But you already talked about the competition that they're playing against. And I do think we'll see a little bit of regression here, Jeff, because in that George Mason game, they went 30 for 54, shot 55 from the field. So, of course, we naturally see a letdown and a little bit of offensive regression there. So this could be a great spot for St. Bonnie's. 40, 48% from three in that game as well for Loyola. Again, 
perfectly reasonable basketball team. Wouldn't shock me if they ran the table at the A-10 tournament in Brooklyn. Wouldn't shock me if they did end up winning that conference tournament. But for tonight, I think this is a good spot to go against a team that is probably at the peak of their value right now in Loyola, uh, laying it with St. Bonaventure here tonight. All right, Wisconsin at Indiana's up next. I, I, the Badgers are just not the same basketball team they were a month ago. We have talked about that with Wisconsin. 18-9 and nine on the air. Since beating Michigan State by 15 at the Kohl Center in the final Friday of January, they've only won twice. They're 2-5. and five. They beat Ohio State and Maryland at home, two teams they should beat, and they struggled in both of those games to win those games both by single digits. Mixed in there, road losses in Lincoln, in Ann Arbor, bad. In Piscataway, all right, tough place to play, but a game you probably shouldn't have lost by 22 to Rutgers. And more importantly, you shouldn't be giving them 78 points. And an overtime loss to Iowa, which I thought that was a good, nice little spot for Wisconsin to win on the road. Didn't get it done. Now to go to Bloomington to take on Indiana, who has by, by every measure, measure been a disaster in conference play. Since the 4-2 and two start, they've only won twice. They've lost four in a row. Yep. They were non-competitive in three of those games. The only game they were competitive in was at home against Northwestern. Close game. Game they had a chance in the final was probably a little closer than it should have been. Northwestern was up double digits late in the second half and it ended up being a four-point game. Alex, I don't know what to do with this game. I, I, I lean to Wisconsin, but with the way they have looked over the last month, not really trustworthy with them laying points on the road here in conference play, especially with the track record, even against the weaker teams in the Big Ten have not played well away from Madison of late. Yeah, I went ahead and I went under the total. I went under 142. I still like it here at 140. I made this a little bit lower, 136, so I see value here. But Wisconsin, I mean, they play at a very slow pace, 320th in the country, and their average possession is 19.3 seconds, and that is offensively. And then we have both of them defensively, playing pretty slow here as well. So I think they can slow each other down. They both are struggling offensively. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game between these two. No opinion on the side. I really don't know what to make of these two teams in their current form right now. It's, uh, again, at least for Wisconsin, they're still clearly an NCAA tournament team. It's just, again, on the road, not played well of late in conference play. Uh, a few other 8-10 games. Uh, George Mason is two on the road in the Bronx against Fordham. Not much interest in that one. All those numbers came right. Uh, UMass, after getting clocked over the weekend by St. Bonaventure. Uh, this one was an almost famous for me on taking with GW. I was hoping to get the full eight Yeah. Uh, uh, in this game. Uh, I missed it when it was there for a split second and one book earlier today. Most of the books have had it stand pat at seven and a half. Just hasn't gotten there. If we get an eight by tip time at the top of the hour, maybe on uh, on GW. But I and UMass been a good team this year, but better at home in Amherst than on the road. Yeah, I really have nothing for that one. I thought that that seven was just right, so I would be looking for at least nine in that one. I didn't see any eights pop up. I missed that. But total wise too, I think that number is correct. Yeah, it was, it was what a blink. It was less than a blink, actually, on that. So you got a job well done. All right, let's go to Starkville. 
call it Stark Vegas every once in a while. Mississippi State, Kentucky, the matchup. Kentucky, as we know, took it to Alabama on Saturday, 117 points later, and a 22-point win, and that one for the Cats. Now they go on the road to a Mississippi State team that's playing pretty well right now, a clear 7-10 through 10 seed right now for Mississippi State. They're easily in the NCAA tournament to me, barring a, a just a melt. And quite frankly, even if they melt, they have enough quality in their remaining schedule that probably would still get in as long as they won a game in Nashville in the SEC tournament. The market has been, this has been the most intriguing market-related game so far today by a pretty significant margin to me. This open two and a half overnight. And I thought that was already a little bit of a, of a push. All right, spot is horrible for Kentucky going on the road after putting up 117 on Alabama. Now they're going to play a grinder here against Mississippi State. And the market has said, no, that's not enough. All the way to four and a half here, Alex. I think this is too aggressive. Now, could Mississippi State still cover this? Of course they could. They're a really good basketball team. They're at home. They're awesome on defense. And they're not particularly good on offense, but as we've seen with Kentucky, it doesn't matter if your offense is any good at times. They can make you look good <laughs> with the way they play defense at times. I just think this is way too aggressive. I even don't mind a sprinkle on the money line on the Cats here. Wouldn't shock me if the talent and the better basketball team just wins out. Even what is a, just a, a, just a, it is by any account, a horrendous spot for Kentucky if you're just looking at spot points. It really is. And you said it, it's going to be a grinder. I went under this total 156 and a half. Kentucky explosive offensive performance against Bama. We are going to see some type of regression from them offensively. And then the Bulldogs, I didn't really know what to do with this either. They could win this game. You're right. Rely on their defense. They also play very slow, slow tempo, and really slow it down offensively. They take 17.9 seconds, bringing it up the court. So I think we're going to see a slower game here, a little bit of regression from the Wildcats. And I went under 156 and a half. Definitely still like it at this 156. Staying in the SEC, Georgia, on the road in Baton Rouge to take on LSU. Uh, this is one of those where I'm kicking myself for early number that I just didn't take. Open three and a half. I thought that was pretty low, all things considered, in this game. And as the time has gone along, the market has agreed and pushed it all the way to five and a half across the board here on LSU. I, I can't do anything now at this number. I'm not interested in taking Georgia on a take back. If you got those three and a halves or even fours, well done. On this one with LSU, this is a more proper number to me at five and a half with the Tigers laying at home. So there's one question I have, and that is LSU, one of their top scorers, Jalen Jalen Cook, he's still day-to-day. -day. We don't know if he is going to play today. So that kind of threw me off on why the market swung that way. Maybe they know something that I don't, and he is going to play. So I stayed out of this, but... I mean, as that line was moving, it did look a little tempting to take the points here with Georgia. They are 7-4 and four against the spread on the road this year. And both these teams, um, one's 5-8 and eight in conference, one's 6-8 and eight in conference. They're right at that same, that same bubble spot, trying to at least get a bye in conference play. So it is an important game for these two. But with the news of Jalen Cook being unknown, I, it was a stay away from me. Uh, Cook uh, didn't play in that win against Kentucky. Last week has been out about two and a half weeks now. So, see, I, I, I just think this is more a market fate of Georgia more so than anything on this, where, again, the dogs, 
like got off to a good start in conference play. Looked like they turned the corner. They right. were four and two in conference play, and now a month plus later, sitting at five and nine with only wins mixed in there against this LSU team, who they beat by two in Athens. And well, that was actually got them to four and two. I should say the only win after that was against Vanderbilt. So <laughs> the second worst team in the conference, yeah. or by the metrics, the worst team in the conference, uh, yeah. the Commodores this year, uh, not by win loss record. That goes to my very own Missouri Tigers, but it is. Uh, that is funny, though. I was just on Ken Palm on the SEC, and I noticed that. I was like, oh, who is the worst offensively and defensively? It is Vanderbilt, even though they don't have the worst record there. So you are correct. Well, we'll get to Vandy later in a, uh, in a uh, game that would make me incredulous if I had a, uh, had a bet on it uh, <laughs> later with Vandy in Arkansas. Uh, going to the Big 12 next. You know, this is one of those. You have the number one team in the country in action. Houston coming off of that dramatic overtime win on the road in Waco. By the way, what a performance by Baylor in the second half yesterday. Just sucking the life out of TCU. TCU couldn't buy a bucket nope. in a nine-point win for Baylor. Pretty convincingly good one on the road in Fort Worth. Didn't know if they'd have it in the tank after that right. physical loss to Houston. Now the Cougars welcome in their former American mates, now Big 12 mates in Cincinnati. We've talked about the Bearcats on the wrong side of the bubble and already has them in that 69 to 72 range right now. Not quite on the right side. They need to make a deep run in Kansas City in order to have a chance to sneak in the back door to get in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I don't know what to do with this. Total feels right at 133. It's going to be a lower scoring game. Houston's going to slow this thing down. The question is here, the first time these teams met, in Cincy, close game. Bearcats only lost by five, 67-62. So that would be a Cincinnati cover and an under in these numbers. I I don't know what to do here, Alex. I thought the number was right on the total. I was looking to bet an under. Can't do it on that. And I don't know if I want to be suffering through uh, taking Cincinnati in a game where you know Houston's going to bow a constrict. No, you're completely right. And I did the exact same thing. Looked, was seeing if I could make a case for the under. Not a lot of value there. I mean, you're cutting it very close. Could be, fall right under that 130 or just above it. And then since he, as you mentioned, kept it very close, 67-62 in that first game. Looking at their numbers in the Big 12, they are um, bottom three in offense efficiency. They are top five in defense. So, Maybe they can hang around for a little bit, but I agree with you. I think uh, Houston runs away with this one by the end. Let's go to the ACC. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh on the road at Clemson. That can cover the number there, guys. Uh, Pittsburgh, seven and a <laughs> half point underdogs on the road or seven right now in this one. Clemson, the opponent. Uh, you know, Clemson has been a little bit of an enigma this year, uh, to say the very least. Obviously, had that great non-con only losing at Memphis before we realized Memphis wasn't that good. And then this topsy-turvy run in conference play. They're 9-7. and seven. They're going to go to the NCAA tournament probably as a six or a five or a six seed when it's all said and done. Yeah. Uh, they welcome in the, the Panthers, who they have not played yet this year. So first matchup for these two teams, we've talked about with the Panthers clearly, or excuse me, I should say, they have not played in this year. They played last year. Okay calendar year technically of course 2023-2024 season December 3rd and the Tigers won by nine in that game against the Panthers uh seven and a half I, I took it with the Panthers playing better basketball they need basically all the they need to win out the regular season and then probably 
win two games in the ACC tournament in order to even be considered a possible NCAA tournament team. I wouldn't be shocked that they pull the upset outright in this game, but we'll take seven and a half. Don't mind it at seven if you wanted with the Panthers on the road at Clemson tonight, Alex. I didn't do anything yet, but I agree with you. That would be the side I would look at. Pittsburgh five and one against the spread in their last six games and seven and four on the road. You're right. They're playing much better basketball in conference play here and don't know really what to do with Clemson. Um, 10 and four straight up at home this year, but they just covered in seven of those games. So I would definitely look at the Panthers here if I was taking a side. Syracuse hosting Virginia Tech in the ACC tonight. Syracuse enters today, Alex, as the number one team in Ken Palm in luck. (laughs) (laughs) So that is always a consideration when you're thinking about making a bet, at least when you're at a bigger sample size. Now 28 games in for the Orange. They welcome in Tech. It's one, which is what Ken Palm makes it. I don't like either of these teams. We kind of talked about that, even though Syracuse has been playing a little bit better. Also, if you had them on Saturday, yikes, with Notre Dame ending up covering right. <laughs> despite being down 20 at one point. Uh, I, I can't do anything here. I, I think these numbers are spot on. Total higher at 153.5. It should be. It's going to be a quickly paced game. Uh, not, n- n- no dice on this game for me, Alex. Maybe a look at the over um, 153.5. I think they can get over that one. Both of these two trending to the over. Virginia Tech 8 and 4 on the road and then we have Syracuse 11 and 6 to the over in conference play but you're right not two of my favorite teams to bet on um don't really trust either of them that all that much so it was a pass for me how about BYU and KU next your favorite team my favorite two two teams I've I've watched a lot this year Kansas so uh, this I'm a little aggravated with myself on this one also because the way that the market was playing this, I thought this was going to drill this down to five and a half, actually. I really did. And then probably promptly go back up to the seven that it opened at. Never got there. Lowest it got was six, but that was only a one book and it was quick. We're all the way back up the ladder to eight now, which means I can't do anything on this game. Where we talked about this on Saturday with KU in Texas, where that game closed seven. It was seven for a good chunk of the day as well. So you really want to tell me that BYU and Texas are the same? They're not. BYU's better. So I'm a, you weren't expecting that. I was not expecting but they that. BYU is better than Texas is. I, I don't think there's any argument on that. And I'm a little bit surprised, even though this is one of those where I think people are going against BYU because it is a dreadful spot. Where does the second of the Sunflower two-step right. got blasted in Bromleisure on, over the weekend? Now you go to the toughest environment in the country to play a road game. in. First time there for as a big 12 member as well for BYU. I, I can't do anything at eight. I, I, I thought if you, if you laid a six and a half, a six, well done. If you laid a seven. I even think that's fine, but eight can't do it. I agree with you. Don't chase a bad number. And I do think Kansas is the right side here in this one. BYU hasn't won on the road since they went to West Virginia. Um, Their defense has really been slipping up. They're allowing 80.4 points per game in their last five games. That's not good. Teams are shooting between 49 and 59% from the field in their last four games against them. So I think it's a bad spot for the Cougars and, um, especially with Kansas State and then going to Kansas. That would be the only way to look at it here with Kansas, but you already missed the best of it. Keeping it rolling before we get to our guy, John Murray. How about Air Force coming off their 
gigantic upset of New Mexico <laughs> on Saturday. See, I even offered you it up on a platter. Do you want to take Air Force? You said no. I know you and did. I offered it up. Now I didn't expect that, but I can't say I didn't bring it up at least, Alex. Now they return home to Colorado Springs to take on a Boise team that is pretty safely in the NCAA tournament, which when you watch them, it's kind of like, all right, they're fine basketball team. I don't know if they're an eight nine quality. I think they'd be look I'd be looking to fade them if they play any reasonable eight nine or seven ten, depending on where they end up. Oh boy. It's it's eleven and a half behind us. There's some eleven in the market. One thirty four, one thirty four and a half total on this one. I Alex, I, I really would like to take Air Force in this in this game, but it's just again, it's a ridiculously bad spot for them coming off that ridiculous upset in New Mexico over the weekend. No, it really is. And Air Force, they're one in four in their last four games, one in four against the spread as well, just because of that one huge win over New Mexico. So I wouldn't really trust them here to get up for this one, even though I don't really know what we have with this uh, Boise State Broncos team just yet. But I thought both numbers were fine, side and total. Tough, tough game, tough game. I Again, I wish I was getting a little bit more with the Falcons, and I think I would take it, but you told me Boise won this game 70 to 50. I wouldn't be shocked at all with uh, with just the, the brutality of the spot uh, that it is. Iowa-Penn State. Iowa seems to be a, 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 a pick that I've seen a lot of people on today where they're laying nine right now. Totals 163 and a half. Uh, market uh, another varying total, 162 on the low end, 163 and a half on the high end. Uh, this has moved from seven and a half all the way to nine. I really have no interest in laying nine with Iowa under any circumstance. Uh, that's kind of the way that I look at this one, Alex. No, I mean, you could use the revenge factor a little bit. Penn State did win the first game, 89 to 79. Both teams are playing to stay in that 5 to 10 spot to at least get a bye in the Big Ten tournament. But I would look at this over if I was going to play this one, 163 and a half. It looks like it moved up a little bit, so the market is moving there. But, I mean, it makes sense. Penn State is 17 and 11 to the over on the year, 12 and 5 in conference play. And then on the flip side, we've talked about Iowa and their offense all year long, and they're 18 and 10 to the over and 10 and 4 to the over at home this year. So if I was going to play anything, it would definitely be the total, and I would look to go over this with both teams scoring a lot. Let's go to Vandy in Arkansas real quick. Uh, yeah, you'll have John Murray in a few minutes here uh, of the Superbook over at the Westgate. Vandy is a 10.5-point dog on the road in Fayetteville. Total 143.5. Alex, the floor is yours. I, I refuse to acknowledge the presence of this game from a betting perspective. Well, um... Like I mentioned, Vandy bottom offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency in the SEC right now. So we aren't expecting much from them. It's a big game for Arkansas. I brought it up on Saturday. They need every one of these wins. They are trying to push up in the standings in the SEC, but I didn't do anything here. I wouldn't lay double digits with this Arkansas team that has been so up and down and um, just out of sync, not playing well together at all. So it was a pass for me. Think that think that number's pretty accurate. Texas and Texas Tech up next. Now, this was this one I looked at when the numbers first popped. And I thought, all right, you know what? I kind of want to lay it with Texas Tech. And that was when it was at four. Now we're at three and a half. And 
I still can't quite get that. And this is, look, this is a matchup for the Red Raiders that is awfully important. We've, we've talked about, uh, with, uh, talked about with, uh, with the way that, uh, that their defense has obviously underachieved so far this year. You've looked at a way, uh, looked at this rivalry, uh, throughout the years. This is the last time to Texas will play in Lubbock before the move to the SEC. You know, we'll get those thoughts from Alex when we come back. We'll also hear from John Murray as well of the Westgate. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day, plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, you can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups. Or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, Baja Miguel's has all of your south of the border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. South Point Studio, the site. We'll have John Murray in a few moments here. Before we get to John, let's get back to that battle of the state of Texas here. Texas Tech, three and a half point favorites against the Longhorns tonight, Alex, 144 and a half. Uh, from a standings perspective in the Big 12, if Texas Tech wins, they'll be tied with Baylor for a top four seed, which remember, different this year, important to be a top four seed in the Big 12 tournament, as opposed to in the past, where there was absolutely no difference between the four and the five seed, because now we're up to 14 teams. Your four seed doesn't have to play until Thursday now in the Big 12 tournament as opposed to the five having to play an extra game now because of the extra teams in the Big 12 conference. Uh, Alex, I just can't get there. I really just can't get there in the end here on Texas Tech, even though it, it makes sense to lay a short number with them here at home and in Lubbock in this one. I think the number is just right. I didn't do anything with the site here either. Um, I did go under that total, under 144 and a half. I think, as you mentioned, it's a big game for both of them in 
conference standings. And um, both good defensively. Texas really slows it down when they're on the defensive side of the ball. 18 seconds is um, average pace of play for their opponent. So I do like this one under that total 144 and a half. Nothing for the side, though. I'm, I agree with you. It's tough. That's a That number is just right between these two. Keep it moving. Let's go to NC State and Florida State, Alex. Florida State, two and a half point favorites at home against the Wolfpack. Two pretty mediocre teams in this one in Tallahassee. Yeah, nothing for me in this one. Um, I think both those numbers are correct. I made Florida State a small favorite here at home against NC State. Um, and then the total, I couldn't really do anything with it. It's a... Uh, Right where it should be, 152 between these two. I don't, I need to see if these two have played already this year. That is one thing I didn't look up. NC State and Florida State. Again, uh, right so far, Florida State, 79 in Ken Palm, by the way, uh, previously have not met so far this year in ACC play. First one for these two. Yeah, not, not good basketball teams, uh, to say the very least, uh, in this one. No, no play for me on that huh <laughs> how about wake forest of course in the news with everything that transpired in winston-salem the upset the court storming the Philipkowski injury wake forest six and a half or six it's six and six behind us the rest of the market six and a half 133 to total i, I just ask you this alex where you come off that gigantic high for wake forest not an upset we know by the betting numbers but getting the win they needed to really push themselves on the right side of the bubble against duke now you get Notre Dame, who's one of the bottom feeders of this conference. Is it worth taking the six with the Fighting Irish or, or, or six and a half? Or would you just stay off of this and see what you're getting out of Wake before doing anything here? Stay off of it. See what you're getting out of Wake before doing anything here. Um, I, it seems like a great spot. seems like a great letdown spot for them after that big win over Duke. But I think Wake Forest is legit. I think they're actually a really good team and um, could be. Be ready for this one against Notre Dame, one of the bottom of the conference. Your Rebels in action tonight. I, I can tell you right away from what I told you at the beginning of the show. UNLV, five and a half point favorites, 143 and a half against Wyoming tonight. Alex, I couldn't do anything with this game. I thought all these numbers came out right. I couldn't do anything just because I don't want to uh, jinx them at all. Oh, but good. if if I was a, <laughs> a Rebel fan, I would definitely be taking UNLV tonight with the five and a half. I think that's a cheap number for them. I know it's a tough place to play in Wyoming, but this team really doesn't have much to play for anymore. They've won one game in their last six, and that was against San Jose State. Um, UNLV is still playing for a top five seed, which is very important in the Mountain West because the Top five actually get a bye. It's very interesting. Them and two of the other teams, Nevada and Colorado State, are playing each other tonight. So it's an important one for the Rebels. I think they'll uh, think they'll get this done and cover. The remaining Mountain West games tonight: Utah State is a ten and a half point favorite on the road in Fresno. Colorado State's a seven point favorite against Nevada. Pretty big line there in Fort Collins, and then San Diego State's twenty two against. The San Jose State Spartans, no shock there. Even though San Jose State played them pretty tough earlier in the year in San Jose, did anything on those three games uh, pop for you, Alex? So the Colorado State-Nevada one is very interesting, and I think there's some news floating around that uh, 
Blackshear may not play for Nevada, their second leading scorer. So that line did kind of swing, but I think it's getting a little bit aggressive here and we might be able to take the points. I mean, Nevada is still very good and very good um, even on the road. So I think they could hang in this one and if it gets any higher, I'd be interested in taking the points with the Wolfpack. Again, important games down the stretch in the Mountain West. Right now, six teams projected to be going to the NCAA tournament in most bracketologies. And who knows, maybe UNLV makes a run in the conference tournament to uh, make it even a, a lucky number seven, potentially, uh, in the Mountain West. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, John Murray of the Superbook over at the Westgate joins us next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. From the South Point Studio. The perfect blend of sports. But I think the Niners are going to wear them down. Detroit Pistons lost their 36 games. Comedy. See over under on that relationship lasting. I'm going to put mayo in the coffee. Yes. I am beautiful. And a whole lot of Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. 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 Yeah. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. Join Ryan McCormick. That's at least two picks outside of our own in the first round next year. Oreo. And host Frank Nicotero. <laughs> <laughs> Do I look at the clock? I go, ah! Ah! Oh! Watch Punchlines live at noon every weekday. Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table, non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book with over 400 seats puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White alongside. And now joining us over at the Superbook at the Westgate here in Las Vegas. Also, you find him on the Kelly and Murray show as well. Our guy, John Murray, with us right now. John, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. You know, you guys know I'm a big Georgetown fan. Yes. There's a, there's a few of us left. So... They're, they just tipped off against Villanova. I'm watching the game in my office. So I'll be in a bad mood here shortly. Uh, the game just started. Well, I mean, look, they were they were down one possession, and now uh, now they are not down one possession, 10-3. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they were down one possession with 18 minutes left in the first half. That's true. Hey, uh, good point. Small victories. At least they beat DePaul. Sure. At least they weren't the team that lost in conference swept, play. Uh, swept DePaul. Yes. Yeah, swept good. Yes, have to have to bring that up. Yes, a hundred hundred percent. And what? Hey, the over got there on Saturday. Yes, it that's did. All, that's all we cared about on this desk. That the over got there, and it, it did. 
on that one uh, in I Chicago. I didn't even know that. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not know that the game went over the I'm glad it did. I, I am too, John. I, I think we're all in agreement on that one. Uh, looking at tonight real quick, I want to start with with Kentucky and Mississippi State because I, I, it was already built in, I think, to the opening number, John, of, hey, this is a little bit of a tax on, on against Kentucky with that horrible spot for them after that just unbelievable performance against Bama on Saturday, going on the road to a difficult place to play against a, a hard-nosed Bulldogs team. The betters have... Mm-hmm. Bet this up to four and a half now, John, which uh, we're now getting getting to the point where it's like, all right, I, I get why people are betting it, but it's hard to look at that four and a half and say, hmm, I, I'm probably not strong enough to not take a piece of Kentucky here. Yeah, I don't know what to do with this Kentucky team. because At times, they look like a team that could make it to the Final Four. Other times, they lose at home to Gonzaga. Right. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of them. Terrible spot for them. And it, it, a little bit reminiscent of last, I guess that was last Monday, maybe it was Tuesday. I get my days mixed up, but when when uh, UConn was off the Marquette game, and we knew they had a terrible spot going at Creighton. I'm not saying that's going to happen tonight, but it, it's a really bad spot for Kentucky. You're seeing the line get pushed up. We're at four and a half on Mississippi State right now. John, I want to ask you about some Mountain West because there's a few important games on the board tonight, especially with standings. These teams are all very close in there, but UNLV going to Wyoming, five-and-a-half-point favorite, and then the big one, Nevada, Colorado State. How are the betters betting that at your book, and how have they been, really? Um, I know we've got a lot of Rebel fans, but we also have a lot of Wolfpack fans still here in in Las Vegas. We're going to need Colorado State tonight pretty big. That looks to be one of our biggest needs of the night in college hoops. Some big money on Nevada, plus seven-and-a-half. We're at seven right now, so thinking maybe no Blackshear tonight for Nevada. Uh, the UNLV game, uh, you know, oddly enough, we don't have a lot of money on it right now. Uh, there's some money on Wyoming on the money line. Looks like we'll be rooting for the Rebels, but doesn't appear to be the decision that the Nevada game is. The Mountain West is so good this season. Uh, so competitive. It's been really good. Uh, good for late night action, I think, for the book. Always, always those and uh, those big West games, especially the Hawaii chase game at the end of those Saturday nights, uh, as well as we <laughs> I'm know. Asleep by then, I know I, am. The, I haven't been awake for a Hawaii chase game since college. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> John Murray with us right now. Uh, uh, I, I want to go to BYU in Kansas real quick before we start looking at some future mm-hmm. book stuff. Uh, obviously this has been a little bit more wayward than usual for Kansas. More so on the road, obviously, one of the three best, if not the best, home court advantages in all of college basketball. Uh, it's been interesting because you guys opened six and a half on this game, got quickly bet to seven, then went back to six and a half, and then throughout the day today, a steady stream up to eight now here on Kansas, and that total also has been whacked to the over from 153 to 156 here. Yeah, big money on the over. At our book, at least, a lot of Kansas money line, money line especially, guys, money line parlays with Kansas, people just laying the money line straight. We've been getting bet up all day on that game. Looks to be the most bet on game of the day for us in college hoops, BYU-Kansas. We'll be big BYU fans tonight. Kansas, Jekyll and Hyde team, you mentioned already, they're still great at home. They can't do anything on the road. See how that translates into the NCAA tournament for them, because they're not going to have the Fog Allen Fieldhouse crowd and the other benefits of playing at the Fog, if you know what I mean. 
they won't be able to have that with them in the NCAA tournament. Well, you, 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 are, are you are you uh, inferring that Kansas may get a call or two at home, John? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I just the, ben- the benefit of sleeping in their own beds. That's right. That's all I'm referring to. When they when they're at the fog, things seem to go their way. <laughs> Well rested. That's what he means. There you go. Um, we talk about college basketball a lot, but there are some other sports going on. Any big games that have been bet on tonight in NBA or NHL? I didn't know that we followed other sports <laughs> in that, during this window, Alex. Like, like you know that window after the Super Bowl before March Madness or into March Madness. I don't follow anything else. Uh, there's a, there is a there's a few good NBA games tonight. Yeah, actually, we have a lot of money on uh, the Sixers-Celtics game now that I'm looking at it. And a lot of money on the Knicks. So we're going to need the Pelicans tonight in the NBA. Would not have expected that. Um, yeah, there's a decent amount of money. Our crowd loves the NBA. So we, we, we take tons of NBA action. But I'm a, I'm a college basketball man myself. Uh, no Jalen Brunson, no Hardestein for the Knicks tonight. Uh, Knicks coming off of a dramatic win against the Pistons, where Dante DiVincenzo got away with tackling a guy in the end of, yeah. at the end of the game, and the Knicks found a way. Dramatic, uh, <laughs> dramatic was, is a very professional way of saying uh, of saying that. Uh, yeah, dramatic. <laughs> yeah, dramatic you got to got to keep it professional every once in a while, right? Uh, I mean, that was. I, I know Frank Nicotero uh, brought it up on punchlines, <laughs> but that was uh, that was egregious. What happened last night? Uh, but the Knicks uh, found a way against the uh, NBA's worst Pistons uh, in that one a night ago. Uh, John, I want to go to the Futures book uh, in, in college hoops. Uh, of course, uh, the Huskies, defending champions, have looked every bit as good, maybe even better than they did a year ago. Uh, right now, they are your betting favorites over at your book at 5-1. to one. You have Purdue at 6-1 to one right behind uh, them. Houston at 7-1 to one behind us here at the South Point. Chris Andrews and company have all those top three teams at five to one. So it is a really compact group at the top, seemingly here in the futures book now. Yeah, big time. You know, UConn is a, is a team that just blew through the tournament last season really as easily as I can remember any team blowing through the tournament, really unchallenged. It looks like they're probably going to be the one seed in the East, which means playing the regional in Boston. That, That'll be like home games for the Huskies. So it's going to take a pretty significant upset to keep them out of the Final Four. It doesn't mean that they're going to make the Final Four. You guys know significant upsets happen every year in March. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that their path looks very good. We're, we're at 6-1 to one on Purdue because we've got a big liability on the Boilermakers. I think of the teams that can realistically win, the two that we're fading are Purdue and Arizona. Houston's interesting because they've – I think they get written off sometimes because in the past they had sort of an easy uh, easy conference schedule and maybe they weren't so prepared for the NCAAs, but this year they've gone through the Big 12, including a blowout loss at the Fog, and they're going to be ready, I think, for March Madness this season. They look like they're probably the best team, but UConn also looks very, very good. I don't trust Matt Painter, guys. So I don't. I might underrate Purdue a little bit uh, versus everybody else. Well, I, I will. I will ask you this real quick, John, because of course you're you're yeah. you're a DMV guy, and I'm going to count Virginia. Count count Virginia in that. A little bit of shades of 2019 Virginia, a little bit though potentially with this yeah. Purdue team. Well, in the sense that they they lost as a one seed last season, and now they're they're back in the tournament. But 
I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I might I might look foolish in April, but I just can't imagine Matt Painter doing what Tony Bennett did that season. Virginia was very lucky that year too. Yes, they were. They should have lost in the, in the regional final, I believe, against Purdue, if I have that correctly. And they had a number of games they could have easily lost, including the national championship game against Texas Tech. So it, it's such a fine line in the NCAA tournament. Oh no, it was Purdue. It was Purdue. I remember that one pretty clearly. My plus four and a half on Purdue going down in overtime was uh was a whole heck of a lot of fun in that one, Alex. Any surprises for you so far? A team that has been bet a lot in the future market that you weren't expecting? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I guess it's they bet them every year, but I, I guess I was a little surprised uh, by how much we took on Gonzaga. But but Gonzaga Gonzaga's they're good every year. Uh, took a lot of money on UCLA this season. UCLA, of course, is way down this season. I, I think what surprises me, Alex, is how good of a future position we're in on Duke. The exact opposite. Duke is a team we do great on. And I can't really recall saying that over the years. Uh, Duke is, and Kentucky. We went on Kentucky as well. And that, that is uncommon. Yeah. That's uncommon. Usually those are two of the most bet teams, especially Duke. I feel like we're buried on Duke every year. And they came into the year considered to be one of the best teams. And uh, I know they had that, that near injury on Saturday, I guess, with uh, Filipowski. Scary stuff. But I think uh, Duke will be fine going into the tournament. John, uh, before we let you go, of course, spring training's underway. Uh, I, I would imagine that uh, the folks are coming in, betting the Dodgers to win the World Series, betting the Yankees to win the World Series. Uh, I, I know that may come as a, lot, a shock to a lot of people, but I would imagine that to be the case over in your book. Yeah, the Yankees are a big liability. You know, we, we had them at 16-1. to 1. It's prior to the acquisition of Juan Soto. They're 10-1 to 1 right now. The Dodgers look to be pretty good this year, guys. I don't know how much you've looked at the baseball offseason. They had a good offseason. They look pretty good. You don't see teams down in the 7-2, to 5-2 to range to win it all very often. But uh, those are our two liabilities right now among the teams that can actually win. They look to be the two teams we'll be rooting against. But the Dodgers, we'll probably be in good position on them by the time October rolls around. Because over the course of the season, people will be looking to bet on longer shots. And they won't want to take a bet on the Dodgers at such low odds. He's John Murray. Again, get him on the tweets at Vegas Murray. You can find him over at the Superbook at the Westgate here in town. Kelly and Murray show as well. John, pleasure as always. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. John Murray, everyone. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. There are a bunch of hockey games on the card tonight as well as the NBA. We'll take a quick glance at those before we say goodbye here on a Tuesday. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grandview Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. 
Go to SouthPointCasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. Our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted Best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Final few moments for us here on Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Parles, Alex White, alongside. Big thanks to John Murray for hanging out with us today. I always love talking, uh, talking with John. Always, always fun. Good He's very funny, humor, yes. Uh, over the Westgate. By the way, uh, Villanova's only leading Georgetown by six right now. Close your game, 19-13 uh, early goings in that one. Not a lot of scoring. Glad I no, stayed off of that. No, not, not much. Uh, <laughs> going to hockey real quick. Uh, in the uh, in the NHL, it is a 12-game card tonight. And I just want to start with the local team here in Vegas. Knights not playing their best at the moment, losing in a shootout over the weekend to Ottawa. They now play Toronto, who uh, these two teams met at uh, T-Mobile just five days ago, uh, where Toronto... Uh, came to Vegas and yeah. stomped the Golden Knights seven to three, and it really wasn't even that competitive. It was six one at the end of the second period. Uh, Maple Leafs minus one sixty five here, plus one forty five on the take back on VGK. Uh, total six and a half here, Alex. So higher total in this one. Not much of a shock no. after what we saw last Thursday here in Vegas. I think the numbers just right. If you got Toronto early, I did see it open about minus one fifty. Then you're in a good spot there. I think you could bet them till about minus 165. They are definitely the better team right now, playing current form. VGK just one and four in their last five games, and Toronto five and zero oh in their last five. So this is where they start to really turn it on. We'll see if they can uh, keep this going through the postseason. Have to bring it up because you have a team you like against a team that's been your nemesis so far this year. Washington at Detroit tonight. Uh, the Caps uh, have not. And just one of those teams you haven't haven't been your favorite to figure out so far this year because they kind of changed on a dime in the middle in the middle of January and totally changed the handicap of what that team is. Uh, you've been high in Detroit all year, and the Red Wings are a dollar sixty five favorite tonight. Six and a half total juice under on this one. So back to back night here for the Capitals, who did actually win yesterday's game, I believe six uh, three. Yes, over Ottawa. So I would look at Detroit here and the Red Wings, but it's funny you bring that up, Jeff, because it's not just this year. This has been an ongoing thing for the past three years <laughs> with the Capitals. It, it's funny. It's it's the older older guys on that team with Ovechkin, and I'm blanking right now, but 
they're just, you can't ever count them out. And <laughs> they seem like they are dead in the water. If you look at the standings, even, I was just looking at them and the Eastern Conference, and Washington is actually making a little bit of a run here. They are um, six points out right now from a wild card spot from Tampa Bay with plenty of games to go. So we'll see what happens, but it is very interesting, this team. And they are, they're above the Devils, above the Islanders, above the Penguins, who have all been pretty consistent and pretty good this year. And uh, here comes Washington. Looking at the rest of the slate, Alex, Carolina goes to St. Paul to take on the Wild. Uh, Pittsburgh's at Vancouver. Dallas, of course, at Colorado is is probably the other is the best matchup of the night in the league here. Uh, is there anything that stands out to you on the rest of this card? It's funny you bring that up. I actually I do like Minnesota tonight. Okay. I think that um, I think you're paying too much here for the Hurricanes. I think if you want to kind of split it up, do the puck line plus the one one and a half minus one ninety, but then also sprinkle a little bit, do some on that money line at plus one twenty. But these are two teams that are going in opposite directions. Um ten and four in their last fourteen Minnesota. And then on the flip side, Carolina hasn't been all that great as of late. Um so I think you're getting getting some value here with with the Wild at home. NBA-wise tonight, again, uh, nothing in the betting department for me. No, I know come comes as a shock. Uh, John brought it up in his, in his segment. May perplex some. Why are the Knicks such a big dog at home? No Jalen Brunson tonight. No Isaiah Hardestein yet again for the Knicks. Also second of a back-to-back -back after that absurdity last night at the end against the Pistons. Uh, Pels right now seventh in the West. So trying to get out of that play-in scenario. Six right now behind us on that one. Philly is a big dog tonight. In Boston, 11 and a half, no shock there. Of course, no, still, still no Joel Embiid. Uh, and the Mavs play the Cavs in the rhyming battle in Cleveland tonight. With the Cavs, <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers favored by four and a 231 and a half in that one. Yeah, nothing for me in those. I would, I mean, so I am interested. He was saying there was a lot of money on the Knicks, right? The, against I'm, the Knicks. Against they need the Knicks, yes. Are you sure? I think he said we need the Pelicans. No, I think it was they needed. Oh. oh, they needed the Knicks. You're right. You're right. Sorry, I had that backwards there. Uh, they needed New York because it went from two and a half to six. Okay. Because of the injuries to Jalen Brunson. You're right. I misspoke. Uh, now one uh, with the Knicks, uh, a big dog tonight uh, against New Orleans. Uh, before we go, Alex, um, you just want, I want to go to, we didn't mention any of these individual games, but there is one conference, the MAC, that has a bunch of games going tonight. Northern, Northern Illinois, Toledo, Ball State, Central Michigan, Miami of Ohio, Bowling Green, uh, the directional battle of Western Michigan and Eastern Michigan, Akron, yes. Ohio, Buffalo, Kent State. I essentially just named the whole conference. But this is a conference that only, conference gets, only gets eight bids into their conference tournament. So that is something to watch in this these last two weeks for that conference. It really is. And there's a few of them playing each other, the very important games here. Um, I'm trying to find them on my spreadsheet, but yeah, I, I think that's interesting with this conference and that they only take the top eight and right now down the stretch, every one of these games is so important, especially there's a few that are really battling for that eight spot. We're only a few ways from the a few days away from the madness. March one is on Friday. Also, Frank is a Dalmatian day on punchlines <laughs> as well in the 101 
the, uh, the 101 episode <laughs> for right. Punchlines coming on Friday. It is also great still that the 100th episode of Punchlines comes on a day that only happens every four years. It's not absolutely uh, perfect, in all honesty. Make a whole lot of fun with the, uh, with the leap day. Alex, good luck on your place tonight. Thank See you, you, tomorrow you too. With Danny Burke in his usual Wednesday slot. Tomorrow here on the show, shout out to the crew, Drew Dog in the corner, and Caden, wherever Jerry went. Jerry, <laughs> as well. I'm Jeff Farles. We'll see you again tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific time, right here. Sports by the Books, South Point Studio.